Hi, we're Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for $25 a month, taxes and fees included. Sorry, hidden fees, we're just not into you. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. It's Lions time. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast. PrideofDetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook, where we try new intros all the time now because that's just what we are. It's a new season. It's new us. We're all in here. We're, we're in our best attire. We're here to talk about not quite the best team, but the best team in our hearts, the Detroit Lions and everything that comes with that as the NFL draft nears closer and closer. Welcome into the to another edition of the Pride of Detroit POD cast, where you can download it from Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart. And you can watch live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit and on YouTube. Search for Pride of Detroit. Uh, Before we begin, we have a, a promotion going on shall we say. Um, first, I am Chris Perfett, your adequate host, and as now dubbed by Jamal Williams, the purring ferret. And find me on Twitter at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Jeremy Reisman, fearless leader. Jamal called him caterpillar lips. He's here, the fearless mustache at Detroit Online. And Jeremy, before we begin, this is for our Twitch audience. Why don't you tell them what's happening? Because uh, the mustache is hitting its crescendo. <laughs> yeah well uh so we are running a promotion and as you said uh someone on twitter just straight out of the blue asked me if i would dye my mustache blue for the nfl draft i'm like no absolutely not that's ridiculous why would i want to do that and then i thought about it and i'm like you know what we've been having fun with the mustache how about we go out on a high note if during this podcast we hit 500 subs and i mean 500 on the stream alone not 500 total and combined with the ones that we had before 500 just during this block, I will dye my mustache blue for the NFL draft. And then we will bid it adieu after the draft. Otherwise you guys are going to have to 200 during this uh, Twitch stream to keep it. And then 400 during next Twitch stream to keep it next week. That's 600 alone. So you get a discount right now. Keep it until the draft. If you get 500 today, and then we'll have it for the draft blue and then and then bid it to do until next time. Well, Jeremy, you say that now and already as so if you're listening on the podcast recorded, A, you didn't this doesn't apply to you. But B, <laughs> you probably if you're listening live, you probably didn't hear what Jeremy said, because as he was delivering that, the stream was exploding with lion roars and goal horns because we already got 40, 40 Twitch subs. Yeah, I'm not sure. 40 out of 500 right now. It's not updating correctly on our little counter on screen for some reason, but I will make sure. It takes a little bit of time. I will make sure it's right. Yeah, we're at like, I think, 41 now. But let's bring in our third man rotating in for Ryan Matthews, Clay Matthews' brother. He is off today. And we're bringing in the, I I don't want to, I need a good nickname for him, but I'm not, I don't want to do the thing where we go on his face or his voice because he's awesome. John Whitaker, our resident Canadian is here. Hello, John. Hello. Good to hear from you guys. You are the QB enjoyer of the POD cast. I indeed, indeed I am. 
You know, one thing that I do kind of wish I was on that Jamal Williams podcast, because I'd be really curious to see what he would have called me. <laughs> I don't. Uh, if you haven't listened to the Jamal Williams podcast, by the way, people, you should go listen to it. Also, over the weekends, the Brett Whitefield uh, a podcast dropped. They talked with the draft with uh, the guys talked with the dra- about the draft with him. And we also we also uh, dropped another locker room Q&A session. We've had a very busy week here. I know those locker room Q&As, a lot of people are having a lot of fun on the locker room app talking with us. But uh, as I should not back end what we're going to talk about, I should go right into it because I can see Jeremy's already seeing the subs flying in and he's going to lose it as we come to I'm I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Happy 420. Starting to form on his brow there. (laughs) Happy 420, folks. Um, so what we've we've spent a lot of time this past month looking at just the first round of the NFL draft, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, and rightly so. The Lions get to pick top 10. That's that's exciting. That's cool. That's awesome. They can do a lot there. But I think today we're going to try to expand our horizons out a little further as we look at positional value in this NFL draft, which includes also looking at day two, which is going to be rounds two and three. We're not looking much at day three talent because a it's a crapshoot. None of us really know the names and B uh, the lions don't have any much on don't have like, they just have what a, a fourth and a fifth Jeremy. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They got, they got a first, a second, two thirds, a fourth and a fifth at the moment. Um, but obviously a trade down could happen and, and change all that. Right. But the point is that, most Lions picks and you're going to get more of your supposed starters or guys who can develop into starters from day two. So we're going to look at that in, in the, in the sense of we want to look at each of these positions. Should you be targeting them just on day one? If it hits day two, do you forget about the position or do you keep pursuing it? How much value is there? And maybe some names in the day two pool that you haven't really seen so far that we haven't really talked so uh, much about before, but we have been doing on Twitch these mock drafts. And I think it's helped us kind of familiarize ourselves a little more with those names too. So we'll give you a few names. I know the draft isn't too much of Jeremy's specialty, but I know we try to, uh, we got to be good at everything around here. Got to put in the work. And we have been, and you have been, Jeremy. You've been doing the work. I've been trying as the work with the mustache. <laughs> yes, sure. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's where we're going to start. So I, I think there's a debate to be had later on. We'll end the show with it about how much of this do you want to be drafting by position versus best player available? I think there are certain cutoffs that do come, but we're going to start with one position that could come day one or could come later. And that's wide receiver. So I think we've talked about this before, guys. This is a very deep draft for wide receiver. Value, however, does drop off, I believe, after round three. But where the Lions are right now, there's going to be two, maybe three excellent receivers there. And maybe some tight end prospects, maybe a tight end that's masquerading as a wide receiver or vice versa. And plenty of names on day two. So, uh, John, just... Where, where do you put the priority for yourself on wide receiver? Do you, do you feel like if the Lions don't get like a Jamarcus Chase or a Jalen Waddle that you should just skip it on day two? Or are you still looking for wide receivers? 
Uh, I put out a question of the day a few days ago, and it was essentially asking what positions the Lions should double down on. And I mentioned that not only do I think the Lions need to draft a receiver, I think they are very much in the market for drafting two receivers. I think really in looking at the board, the only guy who they have on a multi-year contract is Quintus Cephas, I believe. Yep. And the rest of them, you know, other guys, maybe they, you know, they're coming on essentially prove it contracts, see what they can do with the new offense. And there's really no future depth. And honestly, I'm not super excited about Quintus Cephas either. So for a long time, I've been petitioning for, you know, wide receiver slash Kyle Pitts in the first round. But even in the second or, or third round, I wouldn't rule out taking another receiver because I really think in today's NFL, that's very passing orientated. Uh, you can't go wrong with having enough targets. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Um, even even if they draft, I mean, if they don't draft a guy at seven, a, a wide receiver, a tight end or whoever, um, I think wide receiver jumps to the top of the needs list in day two. And that's where I, that's where, you know, value, I think, meets need, especially but I'm with you also, John, if they if they get a Jamar Chase, if they get a Jalen Waddle, if they get anyone, um, any one of those wide receivers in the in the top, I may maybe day maybe going back to back is a little bit of overkill, but it's certainly still on the board. Um and and you know, something that should be taken under consideration with, you know, either their first or second, third round pick or or, you know, when we get into day three as well. Um and and I think part of it is like you said. Um, Chris, this is just a very deep class where you can get talented and especially speedy guys. There are a lot of speedy guys in this year's class, and we know that's what the lines are looking for. So I definitely think wide receiver is going to be a need on day two, no matter what they do in day one. Yeah, I would even say like because maybe of the depth, this is I mean, I, I think I've talked about it before, but I, I've put my cards on the table that I want to see. Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slater probably taken by the Lions or maybe I mean if Kyle Pitts is there obviously you go for him but it sounds like Kyle Pitts is locking in right now as he's not going to get past five as much as I think Ryan would like that I think I don't know maybe I'm too in tune with sports media right now but everyone is falling in love with with Kyle Pitts the secret's out about Kyle Pitts the secret is absolutely out about Kyle Pitts but I think just because the names we could see, see on day two, I would almost say I want to skip wide receiver on day one unless Jamarcus Chase is there. Like if it's Waddle and you've got a tackle on the board like Slater, I'd rather go Slater. Because there are names like when we haven't talked enough about him, be it Rondale Moore out of Purdue, who fits that speedy profile you're talking about, or the other receiver out of LSU, be it Terrace, Terrace Marshall Jr., uh, who has, is almost as fantastic uh, to do Atwell out of Louisville, who is starting to turn a few heads, I believe, but uh, still a rather unknown name. But there, I mean, th- this, this is just what I'm talking about. Like you, you mentioned it, Jeremy, you've got that extra pick on date on in the third round. So you're going to be guaranteed to get someone really good. I think the question is, and I think, you know, you guys brought it up is, are the lions going to maybe need two? Yeah. And I mean, I also think the question is, what kind of are you looking for a number two receiver? Are you looking for a slot receiver? Are you looking for a bona fide number one receiver? Mm-hmm. The lines could really use all of those, right? Like there's no limit that as as uh, as we've been saying, you know, there's there's no long term plan at wide receiver at all right now. And so the lines don't need to be picky about a specific kind of receiver that they want. So if if the I think if the opportunity presents itself to get a bona fide number one receiver with that seven pick, you get him. And then if the opportunity later, there's a good slot guy, go get a good slot guy. Um, 
I, I see what you're saying about, you know, maybe passing up on a wide receiver early because you can get one later, but I don't think you can get a bona fide number one later. I, th- I think you're looking I at it. Agree with that. Yeah, I think you're going to you're looking at the same position, but a different part on the depth chart. You know, you're looking at either a wide receiver two or a slot receiver. So yeah. I think wide receiver is is up there on the needs at every round, which is why. Yeah. Double dip, whatever. Um, but um, John, are, is, is there any let, let's let's talk about some of the day two, day three guys. These guys that probably aren't your wide receiver number ones. Um, who who are you looking for maybe on, on either round two, round three, round four or even deeper than that? Yeah, the uh, day two and day three is when it really gets interesting for the Lions, because I think like right now, people we've kind of penciled in as like first round talents, uh, more so they're going to be outside guys. Uh, But, you know, even if they go for one of them or pass altogether, there's a lot of different options. So like one guy that I think a lot of people in our audience probably know about is Nico Collins, the wide receiver from Michigan. Uh, He tested very well athletically. And he's one of those guys who didn't have that great of numbers at college, but I think he you know, Michigan fans could probably say they probably didn't have very good quarterbacking. Either. <laughs> He's a guy with, um, I think, a lot of potential ahead of him. And honestly, I almost see a little bit of Kenny Galladay in him. He's not a burner. He did run decently, but he doesn't always show up in film. Uh, but I think he has a pretty good athletic profile to work with. Yeah, I, I like I like Nico Collins. I I, I I was listening to a conversation about when it comes to, you know, when you get a guy from a big school who's already kind of played the top level, you know what you're getting already. I feel like you, you mentioned the quarterback there He because because he had played with limitations at Michigan and because Michigan wasn't that, you know, didn't really highlight him or really showcase him too well this year, like there is still some upside there like that he could even be better at the pros if he has that second level that we're talking about. So that would be someone very good that I could see targeted for sure. Um, I mean, another, another guy we haven't talked about, and we talked about a little bit um, with, I I know Ryan's a big fan, um, De'Ami Brown out of North Carolina. The interesting mm -hmm. thing about him is Eric Eric Schlitt, our, our, I would say our draft expert, not officially our draft draft expert, but a draft expert. Um, He, he compares him to Marvin Jones. And so if the Lions want a guy, you know, a number two receiver on day two that can that can be outside. And I think um, I think, you know, it, it, it might be a little bit tougher to find that outside receiver in day two and day three. Um, so De'Ami Brown's one of those interesting guys, but he's also capable of playing the slot. He's, he ran a four, four, I think four, 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 um, 40 times. So uh, he's definitely got the speed, um, maybe maybe capable of getting a little more uh, separation than Marvin Jones, but also capable of making those contested catches. Boy, I'll give you one more name then. Uh, Kadarius Tony, who I know some people said he could find his way back up into the first round. Like sure. you want to talk about big plays. He can make big plays. Yeah. Um, I know people say he has an injury history, and that's probably what might cause him to fall, if anything else. But if the Lions could land a guy like Kadarius Tony, you want to talk about getting a weapon for Goff and or whoever the next quarterback is like and he pans out for you. That that's again, that could be a steal in the second round if he's there. Yep. And that's one of the biggest thing about going for wide receiver in the second round, because I think we can all agree that the offensive line talent at the top of the draft is pretty good. Even being able to pick on early day two, I think you can still get some pretty good receivers and maybe some that slide too. you know, maybe a guy like Rashad Bateman falls. If he's on the table, I think that's still a guy who can be a bona fide number one. Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't want to trigger Jeremy with this position too much. I do have running back written down here, though. <laughs> you just take the floor, Jeremy. Well, okay. So I, 
it's not it's not a need obviously for the top three spots. I mean, it shouldn't be. I mean, there there's always talk about maybe moving um, carry on, but I don't I don't think that's that's in the plans right now. I think I think they're set with um, Williams and and Swift and, and Johnson, um, but they do they don't have much beyond there. I don't know if they theoretically really have anything beyond that um, in terms of their depth chart there. So um, it, it's it's a not, it's a day three option. I will say that I don't really think it makes sense to tackle anyone on day two in the second round or the third round. That seems like a, a very big waste of resources at this point. But take a shot at a guy in day day three. I mean, the Lions did it last year with Jason Huntley. Get a speedy guy. Get someone out there that that can play special teams. Maybe compete for your kick return job that's now gone because Jamal Agnew is gone. So I have one guy written down, and he's from Iowa State, Matt Campbell. Um, you know, former Lions head coaching candidate, maybe question mark. <laughs> um, uh, Kenny in Nwangu, um, out of Iowa state, um, he was their backup running back. So he didn't get a lot of actual plays. Stats aren't very impressive on offense, but he was a fantastic, fantastic kick returner. And, um, I think he ran a sub four, three forty. So super fast guy. You're just basically betting on athleticism. If you want to take a flyer on him in the fifth round, totally down with that. Let's, let's try to find a Jamal Agnew replacement. And I think that's a great place to start. Sounds good. I like it. Uh, we'll run away from running back very quickly to another one that I'm kind of rolling my eyes on, but I know it's John's uh, realm and his favorite uh, stalking horse. So I'll give quarterback over to John. And I guess the question is, John, because you have been chief advocate number one for Lions taking a quarterback. Is that something you are only doing on day one or are there any names you could see on day two that you might be able to live with even if it's just like a project to maybe replace jared goff in like a year or two when it comes to quarterbacks for me it's trevor lawrence zach wilson trey lance justin fields and then i don't want to touch anybody else yes even (laughs) mac jones for me uh a lot of times in the nfl draft you'll have some guys who are you know good athletes or whatnot maybe they're essentially just some rough projects that you can maybe eventually groom into either backup or on the rare chance of starter uh, this year doesn't really have any of those guys. Um, essentially, not even a Kyle Trask. Um, yeah, I'll pass. Thank you very much. No thanks. For <laughs> okay, that. okay. Like, guy, guys who get thrown around a lot are Kellen Mond. I, I've seen some people say he might sneak into the first, which to me is almost insane. Um, and uh, Jamie Newman is another guy. But overall, you're. You're not really going to get a guy that I see you can groom into a starter, someone who can push Jared Goff. I mean, when it comes to quarterback is essentially you're going to take him at seven or even earlier, they opt to trade up, or that's about it. I don't really want to get a backup caliber guy later on. Yeah. yeah I, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I mean, there's, there's really no room on this roster for a developmental quarterback. They, they've got Tim Boyle. They've got David Blob. Both of those guys are under 27. So like if, if there is a developmental project happening, let's just try with the guys we got. Um, I don't, there's, there's definitely no one that, that beyond those top five quarterbacks, if, if we're even throwing Mac Jones in there that I think can really challenge for a, a full-time starting gig in the NFL. There just isn't, I mean, maybe someone surprises, but I think everyone is, is pretty much on board with, those top five guys have a real chance to be great guys. Everyone else is fighting for backup positions in the NFL and the Lions aren't in the market for that. So I, 
I'll, I'll quabble with you a little bit on the first round, um, but I'm, I'm not I'm not 100 percent against the Lions taking a quarterback in the first round. I don't think they will. Um, but I'm I'm right there with you, lock and step that there's just no reason for them to draft a quarterback after after day one. Yeah. And again, to, to the point, like once you, once you get past those big names, like I, I just mentioned Kyle Trask kind of flippantly, but like besides him and maybe Peyton Ramsey and Ramsey is totally a guy who probably who needs some would be a developmental guy. Um, I think Kellen Mon is potentially a developmental guy too. He he's shown some improvement as far as his accuracy, but he's still pretty inconsistent. You would have to really put it together in the NFL to be to be worth any kind of day two pick that you would invest in him. So I I I've been of the opinion that Lions just unless they have a gift from the gods where Justin Fields drops into their lap, they should just punt on the idea of quarterback entirely this year. But I know yeah, go that's, big or go home. Yeah, go big or go home. You like people are like, well, if if there's a quarterback there, just draft him and see what happens. Sorry, that's what the Browns were doing for years. I'm I'm good with <laughs> I'm good not trying to do not follow the example of the Browns. I'm sorry. No, like, thank I, you. I don't want another Brandon Whedon. Oh, Brad Kaya, Tim Couch, Jake Rudock. Oh man! Oh God! I don't like this. I don't like this. this I don't like this game. <laughs> All right, real quick before let's 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 uh, pick let's do a palate cleanser before we move on to the next break. But um, to get to finish up the offensive side of the ball, O line. Again, I am pounding the hell out of the table for day one to be the O line, be it Rashad Slater or or a Panay Sewell. Um, however, there are some good options in day two. So if the Lions decide they want a wide receiver or they get Kyle Pitts or God forbid they get like a Justin Fields, you're not at, you're not SOL in my book. Um, you, you, you've got plenty of I just realized it said SOL. I meant I, I didn't mean same old Lions. I meant the other definition of SOL. You know what I mean? You're out of luck. Um, but I mean, there's some good tackles on on day two, be it Sam Cosme out of Texas or Spencer Brown out of northern Iowa. Spencer Brown really interests me as far as a guy um, who could be there for day two because he's from a smaller school, which I was listening to a bit with Jimmy Johnson. And again, uh, he, he, he argued that the cool thing about guys from smaller schools is that because they haven't really played on, you know, an Alabama and have that kind of competition. There is some risk that it's kind of a small fish out of water, but there's also a better potential that they just haven't hit their ceiling yet, that there's more to it. So someone like Spencer Brown, who has turned eyes and has people's attention being an FCS tackle really interests me. And I think Jeremy Day 2 is also where you start. You would start to see some guards come off the board, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about this, I think, on the um, the locker room app. Historically speaking, the third round is the money spot for offensive guards. Historically speaking, that's where you get the most value out of your pick. Uh, it certainly speaks to the, the Lions history at the position. They've gotten starters at the position um, and, and immediate starters. You can get immediate starters at guard in that third round more so than any other position. And I don't think this um, year's class is going to be any different. Um, you look at some of the guys that are, are projected to go around there. Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma, Jackson Carmen, uh, Josh Myers out of Ohio State, um, a center prospect who can probably play the guard positions as Other well. Other guard of Ohio State too, Wyatt Davis. Could yep. probably be seen day two. Yep. He, yeah, he's definitely going to be a, a day two guy. You might have to take him over there at 41 if, if you're the Lions. But all those are certainly in play. Um, a bunch of offensive tackles that people project to maybe be on the inside as well. Well, 
um, whether it's but size and other concerns have them as guards. I, I think I think I'd be surprised if they didn't take an offensive lineman in day two, unless they take one in day one. Um, I, I think it, the value is there. Obviously, the need is there because the lines. We don't know what they're doing on the right side of the offensive line. Halapuli Vati Vaitai is, is the, the moving piece here. A couple weeks ago, the coaching staff said they had interest in sliding him over to guard. That's the case. Maybe they're looking at an offensive tackle. If uh, if they decide they don't like what they have at, him at, at tackle or at guard, maybe they move him to tackle and guards in play. The, the point being at this point, there's not a long-term plan there. Vitae might not be in their long-term plans. Tyler Crosby's on a, a, um, you know, a contract here. Again, no long-term plan on the right side of that offensive line so they can be a little bit um, flexible with, with what position they go with. And I think day two is a, a perfect spot to, to tackle this position. Any thoughts, John? Uh, yeah, I was going to mention that the thing that I feel like has been getting ignored a lot about the Lions' offensive line is Logan Stenberg. Um, sure. I know he, he was brought in as a very raw player coming out of Kentucky. Um, but the Lions did spend a fourth round pick on him. And I know that there has been exchanging of the guard with you know new coaches coming in. But the one coach who has remained has been their offensive line coach. Yep. And I'm curious to see how much of a leg up that gives him on a making the roster and be eventually even winning that spot. Cause I think for a lot of us, when they drafted uh, Jonah Jackson and Logan Stenberg, I think a lot of people saw Jackson immediately stepping into the role, which he did pretty well. And I think people saw Stenberg jumping into that role in the, uh, you know, second year. And I'm hoping he makes that step, but unfortunately in his rookie season, he, I don't think, did he see the field maybe for like three snaps or something? Yeah, It wasn't a lot. So it's a, it's a big question mark, but it's something that, kind of makes me want to hold off on drafting a mid-round guard just because I want to see what we got with him. Yeah. By the way, um, I just had to go look it up. Uh, going back, just kind of bring it full circle. I did look up Spencer Brown and uh, our good friend Kent Lee Platty gave him a 9.99 on his RAS. So Pretty athletic, I would say then. <laughs> Pretty damn athletic, yeah. Oh, he went down. He was a 10 for a little bit there. Was he? <laughs> oh, no, he lost one, one, ten, one, one hundredth of a percentile. We got to... <laughs> Oh, no. Undraftable now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. Um, the alerts have been insane already, and I know Jeremy wants to address them. And then when we come back, if you're listening on the, on the POD cast, we are going to address the defensive side of the ball. We've gone through all of the offense. And now I think this is where the money, the money is going to be made is the defensive side of the ball, I think, is going to be a lot where some day two action might be happening so we're going to give you some of those names and talk about strategy there when we come back on the pride of detroit pod cast Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Jeremy is in the process of losing it because, as always, Jeremy thinks he is doubting the Twitch audience and puts up these 
un uh, goals that I think are unrealistic. And uh, spoiler alert: since we have started, we now have uh, four hundred and two out of five hundred subs. I think it actually just went up a little bit more. Four hundred and three, I believe. It doesn't matter. The point is, Jeremy's going to have to dye his mustache blue, and he's just finally realized what kind of work that entails because he has to bleach it first and he's not happy about, and and that he's going to be on pressers with lions uh uh players he's new not lions. happy about this new lions players <laughs> yeah uh-huh i i've i i've made a huge mistake to quote joe bluth you've made so much money off this mustache and now finally it, the good uh, the, the monkey paws curled the good news is that in two weeks, it will be gone forever, assuming until assuming. November, until well, November. Yeah, we'll, bring, we'll, we'll bring it back into November. But, you yeah, know, with the, the money that's that's coming for this thing in November, when November comes, we need to find a good bleeping donation, uh, 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 charity to donate yeah. this money to, because you guys are psychopaths yes. um, in a good way. Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball, because I think this is where the money is going to be made for the Lions, because I think we've looked across. We, we touched on it last podcast, big POD cast. We had Jeremy with Yumi and Ryan. Um, most of our scenarios where the Lions took defense, unless they feel a lot better about Patrick Sertain than I believe they are, or if they, God help me, like Micah Parsons. There's most of the defensive talent we've seen, we think the Lions could take on day one, would come from a trade down scenario where they are in the middle of the first round and Edge is suddenly on the board. But however, if they stay at seven, I think day two defensive line talent is all over the place. Uh, you, third round, Jay Tufele for interior defensive lineman. Uh, you could see some edge guys. Uh, Patrick Jones, I know. Uh, I think you wrote that down on my sheet here, John. Patrick Jones, uh, defensive end out of Pitt. There's just there's a lot of names here. I think a lot of them have some questions, and like they're they're definitely they're not full projects, but they do need some time to develop. But I, I think the Lions will take defensive talent probably two out of the three positions um, in on day two. What do you think, Jeremy? Well, it, it depends on which positions, right? Because yeah. defensive tackle, it, I don't think it's actually that much of an immediate need. If you look at the guys that the Lions have right now, you know, John Penasini starting at nose tackle is probably not ideal, but you got Michael Brockers in there. You brought back Nick Williams. You've got John Atkins, Joel Heath, Kevin Strong as some depth there. It's not a huge need. Um, and then also, you look at the class. People have said this defensive tackle, into your defensive tackle class, um, is awful. You, you hear, you hear, you've heard some scouts tell some media guys, this is one of the worst classes I've ever seen at defensive tackle. And so I don't think there's a lot of value here at all, and I wouldn't be surprised to see the Lions completely pass on defensive tackle in this year's draft. That being said, I, th I think the value of defensive prospects in general comes, yeah, from day two and day three. And you're talking about either edge guys, some linebackers that maybe slide uh, into the top of the sec day two. Um, and then we'll get to the secondary. But I think secondary is really where the lines can get some value in day two. The front seven is going to be tricky, though. I think I think they mm -hmm. might to find some guys. Well, I do want to real real quick and then I'll let John jump in here. Um we should talk about edge guys too, but like just, just in an interior tackle right now, 
I do want to like stunt for my guy Jay Tufele out of USC because I know he did opt out of tw- of the season, 2020 season, but uh, I mean he was already a pretty hungry prospect from that year. He's very agile. He's very nimble. Uh, he, he could be a problem inside. Uh, I, I guess the question is, where do you grade him? And then, yeah, as Jeremy said, like there's there's enough. It's not too much of a need for the Lions right now. So where do you where where does he fit on a Lions roster right now? If the Lions were to take Tufele, I th- I mean I think he'd be like Michael Brockers Jr. Like he he would be the guy that Michael Brockers yeah. like kind of mentors and and maybe Brockers um, is, is a little bit more of a pass rusher and Tufele is more of a run defender. But I feel like in in general. Um, that's where he fits in immediately. And then maybe, maybe he slides over to more of a nose. Maybe he stays kind of more of a three tech where, where maybe he can develop some pass rushing skills, but overall he he's a run defender and, um, the lines need those. It, it might not be what they're focusing on, um, in terms of, you know, d- spending a ton of resources on, you don't want to have some pass rushing ability too, but yeah. But yeah, I think, I think he's mainly, you know, big bodied kind of guy. So are there any edge guys you could see, uh, um, John, or do you not even think of too much about the defensive line right now? So I'm kind of on the opposite stance of Jeremy, where I think the defensive interior is actually pretty weak. And I mentioned going back to that article I wrote about uh, positions the line could double down on. Uh, I think that defensive tackle could be a place they look at because I don't really know how confident they are in John Penasini. And even guy like uh, Sean Hand has been really struggling with injuries over the course of his career. Unfortunately, he had a really good rookie season, but hasn't been able to get over that. And then Nick Williams, I I don't really know what to think of him, to be honest. I feel like at, at very best, he's an inconsistent interior defensive lineman. Um, like one guy who I really like in the draft is out of uh, NC State, and it's uh, Aleem McNeil. He is... Basically a nose tackle, but he's a nose tackle who can brush the passer. And that's one thing that this defensive line really lacks is some pass rushing talent uh, in the interior. Now, looking at the outside, I'm I'm actually of the opinion that I don't think the Lions need to draft an edge rusher. rusher. Uh, I think Trey Flowers is still pretty good. Hopefully he's, you know, nice and healthy now. Um, You know, you put in Romeo Aquara with his new contract. And then I think also Julian Aquara is something that a lot of people have forgotten about. And I think this rookie season for him was almost a throwaway. Now, I think a lot of what happened with the Lions defense with Matt Patricia is essentially a throwaway. I think it's hard to judge anyone in particular, but I think they're probably better off on the outside than some people expect. All right. Um, let's let's just move right ahead to linebacker. I feel like are you guys are you guys good there? There's not a lot of edge guys here I could see either, right? Yeah, I mean, there is and there isn't. I mean, it's tough because the, the Lions have all that young talent on the edge that we still don't know what they have in, in a guy like Julian O'Quara and, and um, obviously uh, Austin Bryant as well. And then you just paid, um, uh, you, I mean, you still have Trey Flowers, a guy that I think we kind of forget to talk about a lot because he was uh, a guy that was from the previous regime. And then you spend all that money on Romeo O'Quara. So it's not a huge need. Um, you could even maybe even throw Deshaun Cornell into that, a guy that was drafted late last year and missed his entire rookie season, essentially. Um, but, you know, you, you, you're also, you also need to be of the belief that you can't ever have too many edge defenders, pass rushers. You want pass rushers. So, I, I, you know, there are a lot of people that, that, that like Quiddy Pay. So in a trade-down scenario, I, I would put Quiddy Pay up there. I mean, you want, you want guys that on defense that, that can make plays, and, and you have kind of a bunch of 
you know, good, but not great talent. You don't have any blue chip guys on your defensive line at this moment. I wouldn't say um, Romeo Quar is maybe the closest you've got. So if you have an opportunity to get one and, and is there a blue chip guy in this year's draft? Maybe, maybe even not. Um, if, if there was, he probably would go in the top 10. But uh, if you still can get a first round talent, I would say consider it. Other than that, I would say maybe reach for, you know, potential guys that, that could get into the rotation later. Um, I'm trying to think of some guys that we've talked about in the past that, that I like, you know, Carlos Basham, I know is a, is a fan is uh, there's a lot of fans of him. Um, Joe Tryon, or, um, kind of a linebacker, but um, you know, plays the edge position, pretty good uh, pass rusher. I think out of Washington, he's, he's a guy that um, a lot of people have targeted maybe in a, as a day three, if he slides to day three, I think there's good value there. Um, I'm not sure about taking him at 41. But uh, but uh, but yeah, edge, overall, I don't think edge is something that they that they need to to necessarily press. I think if a guy slides to them, you don't like like with any position. If you have a guy highly rated, you take him no matter what because you're the lines and you're in rebuild. But in, there's there's no reason in this draft for the lines to reach on an edge. All right, let's talk about then uh, linebacker, shall we? Uh, you know, I, I think we, we've been really struggling to figure out where linebacker is going to go. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I've, I've talked so much about why I'm not a Micah Parsons fan. If I can just leave it to football for a second. I don't even know if there's a if there's really a need for off ball for what the Lions want to do. So I think day two is where you're going to look. Do you guys agree? Disagree? Because I've got some names here for a linebacker. I agree with that, unless the Lions happen to trade down. I think linebacker at seven is way too rich. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, I, I, it's not a great class at linebacker. Um, I think if you're going to get one that, that's going to be better than the guys that they have, it has to be a day one or day two guy. Um, if the Lions decide to get Micah Parsons, and I, spoiler, I have a, a big Micah Parsons article going up on Wednesday morning that kind of tackles everything I think about him. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much, but. Um, obviously a, a big chunk of that is devoted to all the, the off the field stuff, but if the Lions decide to pass on him or maybe, I mean, we've seen a couple scenarios in, in mock drafts where they, let's say trade down with the Patriots and grab him at 15. I think it might be more palatable for some people there. I don't think the positional value is the issue with me. I think a lot of it is the behavioral concerns. I mean, um, we, we saw Ruben Foster, a guy drop all the way to the bottom of the first round 49ers. It appeared to have gotten a steal, um, and two years later, he's off the 49ers and hasn't played a game since. So, um, <laughs> dude, I, I mean, I, I can't ignore it at this point. Um, we have, we have surpassed the 500 club <laughs> and who was it that did it? Chris Perfett. Yeah. The, 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 the <laughs> well this is a good time in the middle of the podcast to remind everyone that we do live draft show here on twitch and youtube if you don't want to stick with the nfl network and espn coverage where they often just skip the lions pick join us live on youtube.com slash c slash pride of detroit or twitch.tv slash pride of detroit you get to see us give live reactions live analysis and now you will officially get to see me with a blue mustache a waited chat i i i let you guys did a lot of the work but i wanted to help you stick the dagger thank you you guys are awesome where were we talking about we we're talking about linebackers we're, linebackers. we're talking yeah. about Micah parsons um but yeah let, let's just assume the line do not draft Micah parsons in the first round. Um, <laughs> 
linebackers. Who who do you guys who are you guys in love with? Mm. As, as day two, day I three? am I am in love with Baron Browning. I love everything about Baron Browning. Uh, he's out of Notre, uh, excuse me, Ohio State. Uh, I know I, I've seen some people poo-poo him. I think those people are mostly Michigan fans, though. Uh, there is nothing wrong with Baron Browning's game. Nothing I can really think of right now. Like it. I know like he's. I, he's not great, I would say, at zone. He needs some he needs to do develop. I, I say nothing wrong. I think maybe you could. It's nitpicky stuff like you're going to want him to, you know, he needs to be better at reading, developing plays. Uh, but and I know there's some questions about some of his technique, but I mean, man, he is versatile. He can fit a lot of schemes. He can fit everything they want to do. And most of all, I think for the Lions, there's nothing wrong with his tackling game. He is going to wrap up a tackle and he's going to do it. And he's fantastic on the blitz. I think he is. If the Lions want to continue using their linebackers to bring uh, pass rushing pressure, Baron Browning is it. What are you, John? You got you got you like? I think that's very fair. If anything, I think Browning isn't going to be available in the second round. I think he's a guy who can easily sneak really? into the top, you, uh, not the top, the, the, the end of the first. I would not be surprised to see some people talk I, about I him. wouldn't be either, but hype. I think. I was just going to say, yeah. like, every mock, though, I've seen has him going second round. I, I would not be surprised when you have a guy who tests as well as he did. Uh, some people are going to take some shots. Now, I think probably the biggest thing working against Browning is the fact that he was actually pretty underutilized at Ohio State. Ohio State used a lot of linebackers. Another guy who they used that I like is uh, Pete Werner. Uh, he's a guy the Lions could look at in the second round. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if him not being played as much is due to maybe they're trying to hide some weaknesses or maybe the coaching staff just likes to keep guys fresh or maybe they're not very smart, but it's the Ohio State University. So I have a bit of faith in them. Anyway, In terms of other prospects, you know, there's a lot of different guys who could fall. And, you know, Zayvon Collins, if he's available, I think more than welcome. Uh, oh, yeah. Nick Bolton out of Missouri. Uh, I think Ryan mentioned he was very high on him. Jabril Cox, uh, Jamin Davis. We've uh, talked about this guy in our really guys. We've talked about this guy in our mock drafts quite a bit. Jeremy Chaz Surratt mm-hmm. out of out of North Carolina because he is that kind of outside linebacker edge rush hybrid that that kind of fits what the Lions were doing last year. Whether they stay with that this year, that's a great question. But I mean, yeah, and and really, all, almost every single guy we've mentioned fits the Lions in the sense that. I, I went back to this quote in, in my Mike Parsons article, but the Lions are trying to get faster on defense. That's their number one goal is to get faster on defense. No more of these 260-pound linebackers who run four eight forties. They want they want fast dudes. They want guys that can go sideline to sideline. They can drop back into coverage. They can burst into the backfield if you know they, they find that run crease. And a lot of the and that's the one thing that I think this this class actually is fairly decent as a bunch of very athletic guys, whether it's Baron Browning, who brings all that athleticism in a 245 pound body. Yeah. He ran like what a four, five, three, I believe. Something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Jamin Davis is, is a guy, I think his RAS is in the 9.8s or 9.9. So, um, you know, another guy with incredible athleticism. So I I think all these guys, as you mentioned, I, I think really, the the sweet spot for the lines here to potentially get a starter and the kind of guy that they exactly want at this position. The key is just finding a guy, and and this is so hard to project from the college level because they do, a lot of college 
linebackers don't do this. It's coverage. They don't drop mm-hmm. coverage much at all. They're they're just blitzers and they're and they're you guys that just jump through the gaps. And so right, because in college in college, like you get pressure on a quarterback, right, it's pretty much right, over. Exactly. <laughs> and so the interesting um, thing about the interesting thing about this draft is there are very few prospects that would be up Matt Patricia's wheelhouse. You know, a lot of those big slower guys who are, <laughs> who are run stuffers. Uh, looking at the top of the second round, there are a lot of fast guys who have potential to be good in coverage. And that's a really, really good opportunity for the Lions. Yeah, I mean, Zayvon Collins, that, that's, that's, that's the one that New England like has to go out and get, right? That dude's 260. He's also very fast, Even though. He's- yeah, even he's very athletic too. Right. So. Well, and, and I, they don't shy away from athletic guys, but it's it's rare yeah. to find one that's two sixty, and that's why I think like Micah Parsons and Zayvon Collins both make sense for the Patriots. So, um, you know, if they're I don't even know if they're in the market for linebacker, but those are kind of the only two guys that really make sense for them. Otherwise, they might be in trouble. Yeah, so I think just with all that, like the names we've kind of fallen in love with here, they're all guys who I mean. Again, maybe I, 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 it scares me when I hear John saying like, oh, Baron Browning could go day one, which I think is realistic. But I also think that just a linebacker prospect like that is probably like and NFL teams kind of get weird when it comes to certain positions on where they go. So and I'm mostly just crossing my fingers because the Lions land Baron Browning in the second round. That is a very successful draft for me especially with the problems the Lions have had with their linebacker core. And this is the position that re this is the positional core that needs the most work right now, except for maybe our second, the, the last one we need to talk about, which is defensive backs, which might need as much work, if not more. Um, I think we talked about it after free agency and we, Jeremy, I think we asked ourselves, what are the Lions doing with defensive backs? Right. And, um, this is the Something. place where I think that uh, you want to try to improve that outlook. Yeah. I, so, I mean, safety for sure. Safety, there, there's no doubt in mind they, they need something and they need something probably early in this draft. I mean, if they don't get one, whatever, they'll get one in the next year's draft. We're not trying to win this year. And, mm-hmm. and you're certainly, the, the difference between the lines making the playoffs and, and not this year isn't a safety. But you don't want Tracy Walker, Will Harris, and Dean Marlowe to be your your top three guys. That's it's a horrible trio. Cornerback mm. is a little bit little bit more secure after they went out and and actually added a couple guys late in free agency. Cornelder could be their nickel. It, it's definitely going the very frugal route, and it's not a long term solution. But it, it's at least a body. There wasn't a body at nickel corner before two weeks ago. And then you get in Quentin Dunbar, who I think is a very very high ceiling guy. That if you know, if the conditions are right, this guy could not only be a starter for you, but could be your CB1, essentially, based on the 2019 season he had. So you, you combine that with Okuda or Warrior and Mike Ford, and you've got a decent four there. Um, but there's no one else. So there needs to be depth. They're going to add depth at the corner position. But I think it's safety. They need a starter. And ideally, I'd like to get it now because I, I do like some of the top safety prospects in this draft where I think they can get some good value in day early day two. Yeah, I could see them maybe getting like, again, to that corner uh, depth, like Benjamin St. Juice could be a day three. Uh, I mean, a uh, a third round, maybe even a day, an early day three pick. Um, the guy out of Minnesota who I, and we've we've talked about him a lot in our mock drafts as well, because he's usually on PFN's mock draft calculator. He's usually there by like the fourth round and yeah. he would be he would be a good developmental piece. Um what are some of the safety names you're thinking about, Jeremy? Because like, I know for me, once again, USC guy, um, Talanoa Hufanga 
mm-hmm. like fits the bill for me. Um, his coverage skills are kind of a little underrated, um, but he is physical. I think he is pretty good in coverage all the same. He's also very versatile and can fill a lot of different roles, which would be, again, great for what the Lions really need right now. Um, he's not too athletic, but he's he, he's versatile and he's he's I, I see a lot of people. Maybe it's the Polynesian name, but I see a lot of people give him the Troy Polamalu comp. Right. Yeah, I mean. There's there's him I, I, and I don't want to just like be a pair of Eric Schlipp, but I know he's a huge Jamar Johnson fan out of Indiana, um, a guy whose game translates very much like John Johnson. Uh, the biggest concern with him is is athleticism a little bit. He he ran a five a four five eight I think um, forty, which is not great for a safety. Um, but in in terms of his instinct, in terms of um, his play speed, I think is a little bit better than that. And we all know that um, the Rams prefer you know miles per hour uh, on the field and, and and tracking things like that over 40 speeds so maybe 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 that's good maybe it's the same kind of situation that the rams have been in before maybe that 40 times scares away some people he falls there into their lap in the third round or, or god forbid the fourth round and, and the lines get a steal there um richie grant out of ucf is is another one he might be the second safety off the board so the lines might have to take him at 41 but given the need of of safety at this team, I certainly wouldn't mind to see them go for a Richie Grant um, with that forty first pick. Anyone? Sorry, anyone? You see, John? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Where I don't think this draft has any elite talent. You know, they don't have a Minka Fitzpatrick, for example. But I think there's a lot of solid options. Although I think it's really depending on what they want to do with the defense. Uh, a guy that I really like is Javon Holland, a uh, safety slash cornerback from Oregon. Uh, he tested pretty well, and he's a guy who has experience both in, in the slot and in safety. So, you know, if the Lions want to move him around a little bit, there's an option there. Now, we always kind of almost have overemphasize versatility. In the end, you want someone playing one single role, but I think he's a guy who can develop pretty well into that safety position. So the only other thing I want to add to this conversation as far as defensive backs is bringing up again uh the day one thing when it comes to cornerback. And again, I know the lions, it would be a luxury thing for him, but I think a lot of people are starting to really see what Patrick certain would bring to the uh, fat Patrick certain the second, I should say, I think he's his father played in the NFL uh, would bring to the table. I don't know. I think it might be a bit of a reach if you're at seven, but honestly, if you believe in the guy, you go for him. But again, if the lions do trade back, Patrick certain should be on your board. Um, and if he's there in the teens, I don't think he will be. He's in a weird spot as far as his like value, Jeremy, because I don't think he, people see him as valuable enough to go seven or later. I mean, seven or earlier, but he in a lot of mocks, he does not last very long past uh, 10 either. Yeah. And, and Lance Zerloin actually has him five on his big board. No, he's he's fantastic. He is a complete certain right now. For playing from Alabama, getting the coaching he has, having his father coach who was a high school coach for him too, like he's a complete project. He's not someone who's going to who you need to develop further. He's NFL and ready to go right now. I mean, the question is, do you? I mean, is is there any concern or or consternation about going back to back cornerbacks in years first round? Yes. Yeah, and especially, and I guess a lot of that would depend on. How does the new regime veal, uh, look at Jeff Okuda? And I mean, maybe you'd know this, Jeremy. I don't know what they've said about Okuda so far. 
he's certainly made an impression on them because he's been training. He's been doing his whole offseason training at the facility. Mm-hmm. So and then, you know, part of that is rehabbing from an injury. Part of that is just commitment to the game. And I think in terms of character, I don't think there's a chance that they don't fall in love with the guy. And the fact that he's basically been in Allen Park day in and day out already this offseason. I think I think they're going to fall in love with him. The question is whether he can improve his game. And again, we've talked about it multiple times this offseason. You know, the, the the coaching staff appears to be in place that fits him, that 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 should be suited towards him. They got a defensive coordinator who's been a, a Pro Bowl defensive back. They've they've and and I believe it's uh their their defensive backs coaches actually worked with Aguda before in the um when he was in high school. So there's there's already a built in rapport there. Um I'd be surprised to see the Lions go cornerback early. Um, I, even even day two, I think, might be a little bit surprising given the limited amount of resources they have. But in general, I'm not against the idea because I do think cornerback is a high-value position. Yeah, I just think, yeah, as you say, with what you have there, it's um, it would definitely be a luxury. But again, keep an eye on that for probably round three or later for a corner, I would say. Because they could definitely use another one just for development. Sure. I mean, they, they just need bodies too at this point. So mm-hmm. yep. I mean, it's a passing league. You can't go wrong with having too many starters in the secondary. Yep. Absolutely. I think probably the one spot I think the Lions could still use an upgrade on is going to be the slot corner. Yep. I'm not super sold on Corn Elder. So, you know, maybe if they want to take a guy, we're, we're just talking about uh, children of NFL players. You could look at Asante Samuel Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a guy who uh, projects pretty well as a slot guy. Um, I think it's going to be something definitely interesting to watch because I don't—I honestly don't know what to make of the players they have on the roster just because of how uh, bad the coaching was. And and maybe that's something that they decide like let's wait and see, let's see what we've got. And you know they're, they're not going to be there in off-season workout, so they won't really get a good sense of of how they are out there on the practice field until after the draft. So maybe that's something they they kind of sit on their hands and and say you know listen. Um, we don't need to fix all of our problems in one one offseason. We don't even know if this is necessarily a problem that we need to address. Let's put cornerback on the shelves for now, address pretty much any other position, and and then re- reassess next year. Because, listen, th- this is a long-term plan. This is a long-term build. And may- they might not be saying it publicly, but we all know it. So um, I think they should take their time with the cornerback position and, and maybe not jump to anything drastic. Fair enough. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, uh, I want to talk about our coverage coming up next week as far as uh, what we're going to be doing at Pride of Detroit, because we're going to be very busy. Uh, I want to talk. I would do a little bit of a debate about positional value and maybe have us rank where we think these positions, how much they mean to each of us as far as just just kind of a minor list cast kind of thing. And then maybe um, there, there's a little bit more talk uh that I wanted to have in regards to this draft and uh, I don't have a good tease for that stuff. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, We're going to rub it in with Jeremy about his blue mustache and we'll be right back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Wrapping up the Pride of Detroit POD cast, um, for those of you who don't watch live, we just had a very long thank you to our community. Um, 
because it is a community now. And I want to express that again on the on the podcast itself, because I think sometimes we get a little in love with the live audience, which is great because the live audience is very generous to us. But I don't want to leave anyone recorded out of it because for all the things we do at Pride of Detroit, this is now this is now like a Kiretsu. It's like a vertical empire where it's a horizontal empire where we've got our toes in everything. Now it's not just a blog anymore. It's a blog. It's a podcast. It's social media feeds. It's a Twitch channel. It's a YouTube channel across the board. It's a discord uh, server. We have toes everywhere. We have people everywhere watching us, showing us an insane amount of love, which is what the mustache was about. And I'll let Jeremy speak on that in a second, but, um, I mostly bring this up because we're coming up on the draft and the draft is one of the biggest times of our years. Uh, we get for our podcast, the most download numbers on Twitch and YouTube. We get the most live audience numbers. Uh, it is a moment of hope usually for the lions to get a guy who will help turn things around. So I totally understand why. And coming off a pretty rough year for the lions coming off a pretty rough COVID-19 year where we're all stuck inside. It's been kind of awesome. Our numbers have gone through the roof. Yes, I am being annoying podcast guy talking about the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. But uh, it's to you guys because it's a community now and we try to interact with our community. So uh, if you want to find new ways, if you're listening to the podcast the first time you want to find new ways to reach out to us and see what we're doing, by all means, check out the Twitch check out the discord. We have links everywhere. We need to compile them in one place, but uh, yeah, it's been awesome. You guys are awesome. And uh, go lions, Jeremy. Yeah, And, and yeah, just to, to jump on top of that, um, the, the, you, the, the, the draft stuff is some of the most fun stuff. Um, it was kind of really what kicked off our live streaming thing last year. And we'd been doing it for a year or so before that, but the live draft show is just so much fun. Because you get our live reactions to picks. You know, we one of our most viewed clips of all time is us reacting to the Jeff Okuda selection. And, and yeah, that might look foolish a couple of years down the line. It doesn't look great right now. But we were all extremely excited. And I know the live audience was really excited. And we don't get to share those moments a lot live streaming because people working on the lines are writing during a Lions game. They're they're writing during live events. We're going to be writing on, on draft weekend as well. But we want to share that that one moment that we all normally share in the confines of our own home individually, we want to share it collectively with you guys. So uh, if, if you haven't, if you're listening to the podcast have you, and you've never joined one of our live streams, I would say draft weekend is, is the time to start because it, we're going to have so we're like half the staff is here. We're all having a party and uh, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm very excited for it. If you do miss it, it will be recorded. It will be on all the feeds. It will be messy. It will be a Zoom call with whoever wants to show up. Draft week has always been for Pride of Detroit. Just show up. You want to jump on? Great. Fantastic. Alex Reno, who hasn't been on the POD cast in like four years, he might show up and he'll still act like he's still part of this. The bastard. <laughs> and I'll have a blue mustache. If, if that's if that's your your kink. We got you covered, too. I'm not going to say anything there. Wow. <laughs> The only thing I gotta say is I'm gonna miss Kent's bowler hat. That's the biggest loss of the. Kent offseason. might yeah. show up still too. We'll he try to drag him so. in at least at some point. That's the thing. We'll we'll try to have like rotating guests too. Maybe maybe we'll bring in Brett again. Um, I know Eric and I are going to be busy on the night, so we're going to be in and out. But uh, hopefully, we can bring Eric in for a good amount of time as well. 
Yeah, I'll probably be hosting that live stream and then Jeremy will just jump in whenever he's done writing and sweating over content, the written content and uh, getting asked uh, on lion zoom calls why is your mustache blue it's uh it'll be fun it'll be very fun but let's talk about what it means for the podcast feed going forward so this week jeremy i think we have another guest lined up for first bite if i am not mistaken yeah i mean uh uh, we we already just mentioned we literally just mentioned his name and unless something tragic happens kentley platty will be joining us live on wednesday night um it'll probably be a little bit later on your podcast feeds to talk about all the defensive prospects if you don't know Kent, he's MathBomb on Twitter. He is the developer of RAS Relative Athletic Score. He knows every single thing there is to know about the athleticism of this year's class. So we're going to grill him about the defense because we talked about Brett, the offense with Brett Whitefield. Um, live, we'll, we'll be doing another mock draft Thursday on YouTube and Twitch. On Thursday night, I don't have a definitive time there yet. Um, and then our live Q&As on Locker Room will continue this Saturday, 10.30 a.m. on the Locker Room app. You can join us live. If you miss them, uh, we record them and throw them right here on our podcast feed. So we'll be continuing that throughout um, this week. Next week, we'll be doing a full on POD cast, probably Monday night. Um, we're not, you know, we haven't committed to a, a day or time there yet, but th- that's going to be like a mock draft type of thing where we're going to lay out our own plans. Me, Chris and Ryan of, of what we want the lines to do. It'll be our, our, our official draft preview episode and and then that's probably going to be it in terms of podcasts you're gonna have a lot did you mention locker room yep locker okay room okay i i got distracted a second okay yeah there is locker room there that's the, your last be, chance to get in there What's the, up? I, I, obviously there won't be a locker room saturday morning the the week of the draft so um mm. just stay tuned to our social media and and hopefully we'll figure out a day for that yeah probably sunday or something but we'll, we're gonna have podcasts then when we hit the live show, Thursday's the big one, and it'll hit your feeds Friday mornings if I can manage it. I've just picked up some extra hours for my work, so it might be a little delayed. I apologize if it is, um, but I do have to get up super early on the on the West Coast to go to work on Friday. Um, Friday, day two, we will be live again and doing all that stuff into the wee hours of the night as the Lions put in the the then we won't we're not going to be live for day three i think jeremy there's only a couple uh we'll see yeah we'll we'll see we might do it but it won't go on the podcast feed but then come monday we'll recap everything on a brand new pod cast and start leaning into the off season uh from there and we'll try to get more in depth about all these guys let you know who the lions have drafted and what it means for the season upcoming and then we have to start sweating out may june july and then football's back yeah it's kind of around the corner i mean we're we're near the halfway point of the off season right i think maybe we've hit the halfway point of the off season or we're very close to it's it, always so. long it's always very very when long. did the off season start did it start in november or did it start when they were officially <laughs> yeah. finished? i mean you could argue it, it it started a couple days after thanksgiving right I'd say before that. I, think I was feeling it during Thanksgiving. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> the, the moment the picture of, of Sheila Fordham doing this, that mm. was when the offseason started. <sighs> Man, it's just so it's just so much. Um, all right, let's wrap. I want to wrap this up then. So do, we, we talked a lot about positions. Do you guys want to rank where you put the priority for all of these positions for positions of need? I would say you want to just need? do that real quick. Yeah. Rank it by need. Sure. Yeah. Quick list cast. Talking about the prospects. What? Say it again. Not talking about prospects because, like, for example, you know, maybe linebacker is a pretty big need, but 
You know, maybe you don't necessarily view the prospects right. as talented. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I would say leave best player available aside for right now. Maybe if you want to consider right. it in the rankings because there isn't going to be any good linebackers in the first round, if you devalue linebacker a bit there, like I, I was just going to go ahead and start. I would say offensive tackle is my number one right now, just because, again, I know who's there on day one. So that's my number one. Number two, then wide receiver. Number three, linebacker. Four would be safety slash defensive backs in general. Five would be D-line. And then quarterback, running back, special teams after that. And tight end, I just throw in with wide receiver because there's only one tight end in this draft and he might as well be a wide receiver. Uh, I think I would go wide receiver first just because there's not a number one on the team now and there's no one beyond 2021. Um, safety is probably second. Um, we, we talked a little bit about that already. Offensive tackle or guard. I mean, there's just one need there, maybe two, um, linebacker. And what am I forgetting? Anything else that, I mean, those are like the top four or five needs. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with where everything else is. John. All right. So for me, I think wide receiver is going to be the top need. Um, I know you guys aren't going to agree with this, but my number two is going to be quarterback. I'm still not sold on Jared Goff. <laughs> and I think if you got a guy like Fields or whatnot falling through that, I think that's very tempting to take. Uh, number three, I'm going to put down at linebacker just because uh, both short-term and long-term, I don't really know what the Lions are going to do at that position. Um, it's kind of a similar thing with safety and cornerback, which comes in at four and five. Uh, then after that, I have defensive tackle at six. Uh, then I have offensive line all the way down at seven. I'm actually pretty confident in the offensive line. I think even if they don't draft anyone, I think they could still be an above average unit. Uh, then I'm going to put number eight as a defensive end. I don't think it's a huge need, but you can't go wrong with having pass rushers. And then uh, we're going to put running back at number nine. I don't want them to touch that. And uh, tight end Amen. in the more traditional sense. I don't want one. I like it. I like it. No all right. Care. No to care. That, that's in... in <laughs> thousand yeah like if it's not pits i have no interest in the tight end position it's kind of funny like that being said like they're not set long term at tight end they they could use a developmental blocker right like oh no they could yeah absolutely I sure i think you can get those guys anywhere i i like sure. the thing is the lines don't have that sixth and seventh round pick where you draft those kind of guys so obviously there's probably gonna be yeah. some trade downs so probably get that pick back eventually but i'm i'm not in a rush to get a guy like that they're replaceable yeah for sure that's fair all right uh i think we should just wrap it up there then let's do it uh i think we've hit over the hour mark um we've gone long on a few of these segments so we're just going to wrap it up here um again as always reiterating you guys rock you guys rule this year we are going on we are going to be turning six years old for the pod cast uh this year hasn't happened yet that happens i think we hit that mark the birthday is somewhere in august i believe yeah but uh, we're at like five and a half now. So I, I keep saying it all the time. I've said it when I thought I was going to lose this podcast. And then somehow I was able to come back in like six months after that. Once we figured out the the wranglings in a, well, nine months after that, once we figured out the wranglings of everything. And I say it now as we just raised a crap load of money for no real cause here. But we have also raised over two thousand dollars for a real cause. And we'll probably be doing charities again at some point because at some point Jeremy's going to have to regrow this thing because it's going to be November again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah i mean yeah the the live community and the the written community the 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 podcast community were all extremely giving in 2020 and in 2021 so far um so we're going to make sure that continues this is a power guys this is a real power we have now um and i will say we are punching above our weight like little old lions out here and uh, all of pride to detroit is making a lot of the other uh sb nation teams uh have to step up because we're a small we're a small town team and yet somehow we're just kicking ass kicking ass lions power baby we got them other sb nation bugs shaking in their boots wow Wow, that's what you. That's about better than actually dying the mustache. <laughs> that was a freebie. No, chat. no, no, no. That was a free. Yeah, that was a freebie. <laughs> where you can, if you have enough channel points on Twitch, request Jeremy to talk like Macho Man Randy Savage. But we close it up here for myself. I am Chris Perfett, the Purr and Ferret. I hate doing that when it's just myself. I don't like making my own nicknames. Thank you, Jamal Williams. Uh, Ryan, uh, Jeremy Reisman, Fearless Mustache, and uh, the Blue Mustache soon to be and soon to be shaven and just back to the fearless leader editor in chief of pride of detroit and john whitaker uh no real nickname for him <laughs> we will have to come uh-huh. up with some he the canadian we'll just call him the canadian <laughs> the connection canadian. yeah angry canada geese angry can <laughs> angry canadian geese noises <laughs> we we'll just do that squawking squawking canadian geese yeah um Anyway, thank you guys so much, and we'll, I'll just do the classic sign-off this time. We'll see you starside. visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com.